Thank you. Um, it's those reels when you see the the friend that's like making the uh, the jokes that they would make in their friend group to a crowd, and they're like, "Oh, you're not taking." Yeah. Hey, Kaylin, can I come over after work at 10 p.m. and do my and do my dailies? Because I forgot to do my my blessing of the moon. Of course. And and I also, uh, Kinsey and I agreed that I'm going to get gaming on my free thing, so I'm going to do that today as well. Mm-hmm. Kinsey's going to be shocked when she finds out who I picked. Who? I picked a ze- second Jingling, so she'd be a C1, and I don't even have Chongyang yet. Yeah, but lots of people use Jungling, but since you don't have a good ice character, I thought that was kind of dumb of you. <laughs> He'll come back around. Bro, the ice characters are, like, so incredibly, like, useful. I only oh, want one I of him right now. I think having a freeze team is, like, superior. I have Kokomi, get bitches wet, and then I use Ganyu, Shenha, and Ayaka, and they just start absolutely railing these people, and they're, they're frozen. They can't do anything. I'm not Twink Boy, uh, Shenha and Chung Young. Yeah, you do. Wait, so you basically have a little water team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mari and I looked it up. I was going to pick Chung Young, but she said that they come on the banner equally. And I just, I want to get to C6 faster. Yep, and I know he'll come. I know I'll like, get him. Kaylin, well, you literally have Bennett. You should have got Chung Young. Yeah. I They're love like- my fire team, though. It's called Team Spicy, and both of them are on it. I will say, Kaylin, I on this particular banner, I've made sixty wishes. I've gotten Noel uh, twice. I've gotten uh, who's the other one? Farazan, and then a book or like a, a, a catalyst tool, and then a sword. I've made sixty wishes, and I have not gotten Gaming yet. So it's possible mm-hmm. that you can make a bunch of wishes and still not get Chung Young on the banner. Well, you know what? I'll get a That's better ice one eventually. I made wishes to have the American woman, the one with the gun. <laughs> And yeah. I never got her. Y'all I never can got doubt, her. but the Hoyoverse gods have been good to me. I'll get him. Yeah, they've they've blessed Kaylin more than fucking enough. Well, okay, I will say when it comes to four stars on the banners, like so when Kave came out, when Yao Yo came out, when all these brand new four stars were coming out, I would get them on like the second like pool. I'd I'd get the mm-hmm. four star that I wanted. So we I both tend did to with get, I tend to get four stars really easily that I want, but um yeah, sometimes, sometimes I'm on points. my seventieth wish. By the way, folks, can't you just make the wishes today, please? <laughs> I I can do my dailies. I can try. Ninety wishes, Kaylin. I looked it up, and you can yeah. do all the up to your ninety before you get a four a five star. Yeah, I, I just, will do it. It doesn't happen that often, though. Who are you trying to get, Nahida? No, I I'm trying to get my pity out of the way. Yeah, she's yeah she's due for a pity, and I just I, I'm like. Hit me, hit me, gods! You hit me time. now. This banner's lame too, dude. You don't understand. I thought I was doing this with Navia. I was like, let me get it out of the way, and I made wishes, and then they said, here you go. So is Navia a, an event banner, or is she a standard? She's an event. Event, dude. Yeah, I mean, Kaylin, you got time. You don't want any five stars from the next banner either. It's Zhao and uh, I think Yao Miko. Actually, I would rather do it just like the four stars. I like coming. I'd rather just keep doing it, yeah, whether it lands really on, good on this one. Nahida or early Yaimiko. Yeah, sorry, Mari. Yaimiko is actually super pretty, and she's actually a really great uh, Electro character. I, I'm not disagreeing, but Kaylin told me she didn't care if she got her. That's why I said that. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's begin. Bring us I, was in. Saying, I was saying, if, for, for you to play, 
I have food in my mouth. Free to play. And I introduced this last week. I don't care if I get her because I have Kuching. I, I mean, like, I won't die over it. But I would like her on my list. All right. Welcome to Post-Credit Depression, where we talk about this week's hyperfixation. My name's Kinsey, and my fun fact is that I like to be mean to men. Your fun fact is also that you do the intro a little different every time. Yep, don't ever ask me to do it right. My (laughs) name's Mariah, and my fun fact is that I got a bunch of new clothes this week. She also got a new job. Yeah, I got to quit my current shit job. Woo! That's the biggest one. Um, my name is Kaylin, and I'm building my first commander deck, MTG, and my commander will be Voja, the Jaws of Conclave. It's going to be an elf-wolf token deck, just in case anybody was wondering. That's magic cards for any people like me who wouldn't know what that was if you just said that. Yeah, some token swarm shit. Magic tricks, guys. It's Magic the Card Game, Magic the Gathering, for people (laughs) like me who also thought she did magic That's why I said... MTG. That's what Magic the Gathering. Um, yeah. Normies don't know that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm normie. And and I, I have a magic card that I keep in my wallet all the time. Kaylin gave me a sleeve for it. <laughs> it's a locket. I did. I did, I did. So. Also, for somebody that hates math, basically the kind of deck I'm building is just all you're doing is adding and multiplying. Like, that's all you're fucking doing. Kaylin I don't know why I'm building this. just making a wolf army. That's all you guys need to know. Yeah. They'll never be able to It's pretty to cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Well, I'm, like, the top in the state. Oh, my God. <laughs> what did I just say? Sorry. Kayla knew what I was talking about. I can't. I wanna, I wanna She's say. making a, a, a reference to a person with a big, big ego. <laughs> So, okay, Kaylin, 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 Kaylin. What's up, man? Uh, what you? I'm show- eating macarons. What did you show us this week? I showed you guys the film, award-winning film, Parasite from 2020. It won a bunch of awards. Mm-hmm. Won best picture. It won best international film. It won a best something else too. But all I know is I watched it. And I thought it was really good, and I had a fake memory of watching it with Kinsey, but Kinsey's never seen it before. <laughs> In another universe, you watched it with Kinsey, and you were just getting visions from that time. Mm-hmm. This could be us. Well, I wanted to just, like, kind of hop in. There's, I feel like enough to talk about, like, you know, with the characters, as well as, like, what we personally think as to like, you know, the real life kind of reflections that the movie could have. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely want to touch on like the cinematography. Cause like that shit, like there's moments that it literally just had me like in a chokehold, like for real, but we could just start with just like overall thoughts. Okay. So obviously uh, the movie was very uncanny. They did that on purpose from like the beginning. You were really uncanny. I liked when Colin was like, I could see why this movie is called parasite. But, like, we were literally, like, a layer into the film when he said yeah. that. Which I found very interesting because there were definitely levels to this parasite uh, theme that they were showing us. And it didn't start with just the main characters. Like, it was the main characters, the characters after that, the characters And then there was a stink that. bug in the house, like, really foreshadowing all of it. And then there yeah. was, like, an exterminator, which, like, oh, my God, that foreshadowing is also crazy. 
Um, I love the way you worded that. That was beautifully worded. I was going to say the same thing, but you honestly said it better than I was going to say it. Like when you think about that too, because like the stink bug was in the house and he's like, let the exterminators like come in, you know, it'll clear out the house. And you think about these like bugs that were living in this house and how, you know, they were killed off by the smoke. And I just like, it's interesting, like, because that was like foreshadowing. That's not even the first layer, but then the first layer, you think it's about something. Mm -hmm. And then it like just keeps getting yeah, deeper and deeper. To an extent, the rich people are a form of parasite. Oh, hi, Bean. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, well, hi, Bean. Cool. Like, even the rich people that are success succeeding, like, you can still see them as a form of parasites in their own regards of how they're living life. And I just think it was a really good metaphorical film and they did it very, like, well. Um, yeah. Oh, I really did enjoy the movie. I almost want to know, like, more about, like, I think one more layer is if they could have, like, added some sort of, like, literally as small as the stink bug, but, like, foreshadowing on maybe how the rich gets their money and maybe not the best ways. Like, maybe they could have shown, like, on his way up the stairs, there was, like, some factory workers or whatever, or, like, yeah. you know, I mean, I workshop like, shit. We already see rich people as, like, fucking scums, too, so, like. Yeah, I think it's already a given, but I feel like it could have, because, like, I feel like under the like wrong person watching this like and not understanding like they might think like oh well you know he was just a businessman like you just you know well you know it was that was an ungodly amount of rich like if you could just casually like i don't know afford that much stuff do you want to know my opinion of course that's why i asked uh, <laughs> that's why i asked uh I really liked the movie. I really liked the parasite symbolism that we were talking about. I also kind of viewed like the rich people as the parasite as well, though, because they they really um, benefit from the lower class, like doing so true. badly. Like they're parasite in the way of like they suck up all the money, like you know what I'm saying, in the area that they have so much to use it with while there's people that are literally struggling to feed themselves and house themselves you know but obviously i definitely think the main symbolism with the, the parasite uh like story was definitely how quickly they had infiltrated that house and they were like sucking off of like a very prosperous family but um i liked this movie because i didn't like anyone in the movie like i understood why the uh main characters were doing what they were doing but i did feel like they got to an extent where they got too greedy and kayla and i talked about this a little bit like when people randomly get like a large sum of money and they don't know how to act and they start like spending it all or like going or gambling crazy. it back like let's say they just won like a lottery winning and they take all of it back into the lottery they put it all back yeah um i felt bad because that did feel a little bit like not their fault because of their lack of money in their life but at the same time like i just didn't like their behavior what they were willing to do to get it like yeah it, they started crossing lives. lines when they started fucking with other people's jobs that's when i think that they yeah. started getting some bad karma well Mariah said she was like the rock feels like it brought bad luck but i wanted to disagree which now i think she agrees with me so i'm not trying to like throw her on the bus i think the rock did bring them wealth and prosperity i think that they didn't handle it well i think they got their like you know the tutoring opportunity with the wealth opportunity which could have totally led down some really wonderful you know places for them to earn money in a more like hard-working way 
Yeah, the but son then, was like, this is a job to get money to get me to school. That's literally what his goal was going into it. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and then, like, even when they had the sister come in, I was already turned off because I didn't like how she was lying about taking care of this child, you know? I thought that was, like, a love... Like, you're preying on somebody's fear of their own child's health and safety. I didn't think that was really cool. Yeah, and they got they mm-hmm. got a hand. Like, they never seemed satisfied. Like, even when all of them had jobs, they still were like, we're going to use this people's house while they leave on their trip. Like they Yeah, and the mom said, if I had this much money, maybe I'd be nice. Oh, I did not like the mom. Holy shit. Wow, like, you're bringing up so many good points. Like, uh, what were you saying, Ryan? There was just never really a point where they felt like, yeah, we did it. Like, they just always wanted more and more and more and more. And it's like, at this point, okay, you guys scammed everyone out of their jobs. Like, I, I, Kayla and I talked about it. Like, the lady, when the lady showed up towards, like, the climax of the film, why couldn't you have just let her do her thing? You already got her job you already are getting so much more success than what you should have gotten to begin with and they just never seem to feel full well they did slip down the stairs so i feel like if they wouldn't have slipped well, down the stairs the mom should just peacefully let her go do her thing yeah, yeah. let her keep her husband in the basement and take she even offered money like that would have been money for y'all um but i think that they were being so greedy i bet they were like oh my god there's like somebody else preying on this family when i want to be the only one that gets the entire cake um, I also think The Rock for me feels like a ro- uh, or not a rose quartz, a uh, clear quartz, which uh, the symbolism with uh, like you know manifestation in clear quartz is that it manifests all the energy of the other rocks around it. So like if you pair clear quartz with any other rock, it almost magnifies its energy for manifesting or whatever you're trying to get. So I feel like this rock, whatever sort of energy they were putting into it, was karma. Like if they were putting in good energy they would have got wealth but they started being bad and so the rock said no like you're gonna get exactly that wealth that um that greedy ass wealth you're trying to get you're gonna get it back you're gonna get a knife in your back or Um, a knife in your chest The scene where they're in the house and they're laying underneath the coffee table and they're trying to get out and the father's dragging himself across the floor was giving such cockroach vibes like like symbolically like i was like laughing at the way the scattering yeah, like they were scattering from the light, you know, like it I thought it was such good cinematography for sure. Yeah, and their dirty ass feet. Um mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that the directors chose to bring up their smell so often and the first we kind of see it is right there and you know, he's like his smell crosses the line. Like he he's fine fine driver. He almost touches the line a little bit when he's like talking to me, but like it's his fucking smell. He smells like, you know, basically poor yeah that was really hard for me i felt really bad hearing him say that about mr kim because it's like if mr kim does his job like why are you saying that about him you don't know like where he comes from and like he obviously is not as well off as you you know it was giving very much i don't give a fuck about you as a person Hmm. i do know that the the son brought it up first saying that they all smelled the same but the son never said like oh they smell bad because i will say like for example, um, and this is just my history, I've never liked the smell of cigarette smoke, but there's this leftover tobacco smell. Like, for example, uh, my grandpa's truck smelled like it. Parts of his truck smelled like it. It didn't smell like, um, it is the smell of smoke being stuck to your clothes, but like, I was distant from that smell for so long. And then I remember getting into a co-worker's truck one day that they were taking me home and it smelled like it. And it took me back to... And not like a, oh, this truck stinks, but like 
that smells like my grandpa's truck. And it's like, it does stink. But also there's like a different level of like, if that's where I came from and like, let's say my family's smoking around me and then I have that left over on me, I'm going to school smelling like that, you know? Well, I I just think it's not at your place to judge, you know, like a kid or someone. That scene had really bothered me because besides the fact that it was really fucking rude of them to say, um, I grew up with two chain smoker parents that would smoke in the house. So my things have always smelled my like smoke. If you shut my closet right now and you open it up after like a period of it being shut, it will still smell like smoke. But, and it's not because we had smokers living beneath us, Kaylin. Like my stuff has always smelled like smoke. And it's something mm-hmm. I'm very, very um, insecure about. And when I was in high school, people would tell me all the time that I reeked of cigarette smell. Um, and it like was just really hard to hear because it was not it's not um, something you could run away from at the time and it's something that still lingers even to now because the truth is is it is a part of your you're smelling yourself it is a part of our past like that's where we came from and the thing is is we can keep grinding and working hard and trying to manifest better life you know uh a better financial security for ourselves and eventually you know we might be able to replace some of those things but like we can't erase that kind of history that made us into who we are and that background. And I think that film like covers it so well. And like even the entire like uh, poverty stricken area where they, the family lived when it got flooded, the mother the next day was like, Oh my God, I'm so happy it rained. Like it's a perfect day for a party. Like, you know, thank God for the rain. Like the sky's so clear now. And like, it just goes to show that like, you know, we, what the rain could do good for one person might literally flood and ruin somebody's entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that actually that whole like sequence of events was like really hard to watch because this whole movie you kind of like want to hate the main characters for yeah. how greedy they're being, but like it's it's like this love hate relationship where like I know why you're that way because you come from like a lot of like rough background and I feel really bad about it and like. The just seeing what she was saying in the car and all that stuff was really sad when he had to sleep in a gym the night prior, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there's like nothing else we can think of off the top of our head, we can like maybe talk about like certain plot points. Like, um we already talked about like the infiltration pretty much, and then like I, I think I wanna start where the nanny shows up because that's where things like really turn. Like I feel like the the be- the beginning's so simple, like yeah, they all like kind of sneakily, shadily like referenced each other and got in. But then like there's just something off like the acting, the cinematography, the the audio. I was just like I had chills. And like I hadn't seen this movie in years and some parts I forgot. Like I forgot why she was going down to the basement. Like <laughs> that's how long it's been since like I just didn't remember oh, what was God. in the basement. I know. And I was like, oh my god, somebody's about to fucking die. She opened up that shit so casually, guys. Like, she's like, hold on, let me get down to the cellar. Like, straight yeah, up. She's like, really like doing it so regularly, because she lived there, right? They said the nanny, like, lived within the house. Yeah, but the cellar was green and scary and dark and had, like, stains on the walls, and I was just like, is she... I genuinely thought she was gonna kill the new nanny. I thought she was gonna, like, Maybe she just knew of the seller and was like, let me lure her down here and, like, kill her. Kill her ass. It's creepy because the nanny was doing basically the same thing that they're doing, you know? Like, they are living off of these rich people's land and food and money to the same extent that the nanny was living off. But you know what? I'll be honest. 
I liked the like as people. I liked the nanny and her husband as people way better than this family, and it's we have because respect. Yeah, that they, they knew not to cross the line, you know. And the thing is, is like in this system, this world of like the rich using people, like they're like, let's just use the rich people, but like let's do it in a way that benefits us. They're running away from their problems, loan sharks, and their life of being poor, and they just get to eat for free, rent free. You know, she works. It, it was a good setup, but then they had to come and step on some toes. And I think that they had everything coming. Like the, as soon as they started crossing lines and jeopardizing other people's lives when they're just trying to make it in this world, it's survival of the fittest and natural fucking selection. Like I'm a come for your ass because I'm trying to get these resources and you're coming for me. Like it was just, that's where the family fucked up. And that's when that rock like gave them bad karma. Bro, I knew the moment that family was acting up on that camping trip and it just kept raining and raining and raining, I knew that family was going to show up any minute. And I was just like, y'all trashed the house. You're acting like bugs. Like, you guys look hit right now. Like, what are you doing? Wouldn't you be prepared just in case? What if they forgot something? What if they need to stop back? You what know? if they didn't call on the way back? Literally, they. what if they didn't want you to make dinner? Maybe they're like, Let's yeah. eat out and then came home. In that moment, is like they were living in that house, and that was a whole different extreme. Like they, they, they could have had a better way to go about taking advantage of them without fully. I would never do that if I was house sitting. Be like, guys, let's have a house party right now. Like, because you just mm-hmm. don't ever know. Yeah, they they definitely got way too greedy, and then yeah, I think they definitely killed the nanny when they pushed her down the stairs like she said she had a concussion and then didn't get to the hospital so i think the husband downstairs had watched her died and then was watching her body rot and you know i think he was already insane from the lack of sun and just like not being able to leave or go anywhere um because like people are out to get him but i don't think that he was like a killer i don't like i think he had the the makings to potentially be a killer but that pushed him over. Like no, I, I goal. His goal wasn't to be like a killer or a bad person or anything like that. He was like, you know, this man lets me live here and I respect him, blah blah blah. And I do these things to show respect, which was goofy. But like, you know, that was his thing. He was like, I'm I'm glad that I can do this. And he was willing to live life however he had to be to live there. Mm-hmm. But like obviously when you see the only person that's taking care of you die in front of you because of other people are being disrespectful because the guy in the basement was like i respect the people who live in this house where yeah, at the end of the day, family had no respect for them and like do i respect these mega rich people no but if i was in the position that you know basement man was where loan sharks were after me i would actually really respect the fact that i was able to live mm-hmm. safely and not be killed by these loan sharks you know like yeah respect it's like working for a corporate like i talk to my boss now i'm like do i agree with things diane wants me to do or says no uh, cut her name. Yeah. Let me write that down. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, you know, you are part of a system. And there are things that you have to do to be a part of this system. But I respect you that you allow me to do what I want to do that falls within that bubble. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do yeah. think it, it formed from, like, like Kinsey's uh version of like you know i'm happy i get to live here and be safe to he's not getting any sun to he started idolizing this person and then if you notice at the end he's like i respect you so much and this dude's like ew what the fuck like you know obviously understandably he's like 
there's a killer in my backyard, but at the same time, too, he's, like, completely disgusted by him. Can we can we talk about how the son walked down there with the rock thinking he was going to do something? I know. What the fuck? And, and, like, he went down there, first of all, okay, I'd be nervous, too, but I'm just saying, if you're going to go down there, knowing that this man most likely is going to fight you to the death, I feel like all of us knew that in the audience, well, you know, don't. I wouldn't go if I felt that nervous. I'd wait to come down with my father or something because yeah, time and place. Like, um, I, I, I thought it was like interesting was- they were going to try a peace offering because I think either way he would have killed them. Like you just killed my wife, and I think he was like clinically insane. Um, I think the only plan that would have worked out in the end was Mr. Kim's plan. I'm not saying it's the right thing. It's the only plan that would have worked in the family's favor. And he that is to do nothing. He was going to let them both die in the basement, I think. Yeah. And I think that um, that would have secured them their jobs. They still would have, like, been able to live life. So I think it's interesting that different family members had different approaches because the daughters wanted to make peace. The dad said, let's do nothing. And the son's like, I'm going to go fight them. For why? Yeah. For why? And, like, you see how it all turned out. Like, technically, Mr. Kim was right. They It was in their best interest to just let them die. If we're talking about... If we're talking about them and them wanting to secure their jobs and shit like that, like they're already bad people, basically, you know, and it's like they would have to become killers. What I wanted to know was if the son was going to kill him anyways downstairs, why did he want to do it himself? Why would he not just have let them die of natural, like you know, starvation, shit like that? I don't even know for sure if the son, like his main goal was to kill them. I think that in a way, curiosity got to him. He's like, those people are still down there and I need to know what the hell is happening. Like I need why a plan, he bring the yeah, that is to figure something out. Like he was like, "Is the woman dead? Is she still alive?" Well, then why did he bring the rock? About them, like he he had too many. Maybe questions. for defense. And yeah, and and because he saw this rock as like such a good like security like omen for him. Like, but he used he it with him like good things happen. So he's like, "I'm gonna bring this rock with me just in case it's my like lucky like you know figure." And and I don't think the guy the boy had a plan. I think that he just needed some answers before he made a plan. Oh my god. Oh my god. I just got chills. Things are clicking. So he brought the rock out of this place of safety. Like, I will be fine as long as I have this rock with me. But deep down, he's like, if I have to use it as a weapon, I will. And remember what I said about the rock? It's karma. So with those intentions put into the rock, it got thrown back at him literally three times as hard. But then at the end of the movie, I was like wondering why he put it in the river. I was like, oh, he just doesn't want it anymore because it's a curse. But I think he put it in the river to cleanse it, to cleanse the energy that was in the rock. And I just got chills over that. I literally have goosebumps. Yeah, that does make sense. Also, the reason I wanted to mention the dude getting absolutely fucked by the man in the basement. Miss Girly Pop, I don't know her name, Miss Daughter, who was like crazy about her tutor. She's like, honey, where are you? She was die hard for him she put him on her back walked Mm -hmm. up the stairs with his bleeding fucked up hemorrhaged ass body walked outside with him like i was like girl you are on some other ass level like she's a well you know for sure after the police found out everything like the family was lying and everything you know not only the mom like you know obviously was like no we're not seeing them anymore but like the daughter was like fuck you your dad just killed my dad true but also i feel also like, i feel like because oh, she was crazy like she was so into him she 
carried him up the stairs all bloody. Like, I feel like she would have been one of those girls being like, we can work it out. I don't like, think she was really into him. I think she was into the idea of him and, like, this rebelliousness that came with oh, him. Oh, I don't think she loved was, him, like, guys. I'm guy. saying, like, her level of craziness seems like from, like, a horny teenage perspective, not actual love. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I was telling Mariah that I think that the other tutor, the first tutor who uh, referenced him, I think he got in a load of trouble too. Maybe not legal, but I bet you the mom was so angry that he lied about the the first boy being a reference. Oh, you mean at the end of the movie? Yeah, like think about it. Her husband's dead. Okay, they moved out of the house clearly, but like there was an investigation. They found out because obviously when you do an investigation, you got to get people's addresses, their IDs, and they found out the whole unit was a family. And I'm sure once the mother found that out, that the murderer to her husband is the father of the tutor that was recommended, who doesn't even have a degree, didn't even go to school with this man, like, and was referenced by the other tutor. Maybe he even got investigated when you word it like that. Like, I bet you he did get investigated. Like, dude, why'd you, why'd you let these people in? Like, did you know that they were going to kill people? What was up? Yeah, that actually makes sense because he's the whole reason it happened. Which is so fucking rude, like, for him to try to better his friend's life. Which I know he did it out of self-interested reasons, too. Like, hey, I know you're not going to fuck around with this girl. But he still was like, let me extend this wealth. He gave him the wealth rock. He gave him the opportunity. He said, I have this reference to help you out. Also, I want to go out with this little girl. I don't want to say it that way. I want to go out with this girl when she's in college. Um, Which also I think is really weird, by the way. Um, and But still, that that was his premise. And his homie didn't just take his job and like you know essentially ended up being liked more by the woman he also took his future girlfriend which i thought was i know so quickly too i was like surprised it was and i was like wow you clearly are not this man's real friend the the journey of the rock throughout the movie like now that i'm talking about it with you guys like i obviously when i'm watching it i'm like i know it's got like presence and meaning but i love talking about it the fact that it was gifted to him by that same friend he's like it was almost like you're right. Like when you said the word opportunity, him bringing the rock in was literally a symbolism of this opportunity, this like endless, like, you know, if you put good out into the world, you could get good back, which I'm not saying that as in that works for getting out of poverty. I'm just saying in this instant for this family, they had a way out, but they started using the rock and this opportunity like to too greedily and too much to their advantage. And the rock, obviously, you know, like they, you you uh fly too close to the sun you know what i mean yeah so i think that's crazy that like that was literally like the rock's presence it was an opportunity and then it ended up in the river to be cleansed because of all the shit that had went down well yeah and i think that i think the rock continuously was an opportunity like the guy the guy killing the like trying to kill the boy with it like it just was a whole metaphor throughout the film Mm mm-hmm um, um i had told kaylin we talked about how the guy how mr kim killed the guy i was like i knew that motherfucker was gonna die the second he was talking about his smell in the movie i was like he's gonna kill him i don't know when or how but he's gonna oh my god that, i did not think that you were crazy i i just did because like, the way he was like he's rubbing them the wrong way what Mr. Kim's face, like, he looked like he was about to snap, like, talking about his smell, because at the end of the day, Mr. Kim was still doing his job, and it was something that he couldn't help. He couldn't help that he smelled that way. They don't even notice the way they smell, because, bitch, I don't even know the way I smell. So, like, 
the fact that this rich man was going into ass deep about this man's smell, something he can't like con- control, I could see why Mr. Kim would be that pissed off about it. Yeah, he was going in. Like there there was no reason for him to talk about it to the depths that he did. And you I will say every time it was brought up, Mr. Kim was a little more irked each time. I will say, um, and this isn't to the same degree of Mr. Kim and like all that, but um when I worked at Costantino's and I've smelled a smell like about twice in my life and it is and it's a very sad thing because you know that like they the situations that they're coming from is not good but particularly it's a mixture of cigarettes alcohol and not bathing ever like and and that usually is from say a homeless person but it literally is a smell that like when this one customer would come in I would as subtly as I could hold my breath because I would start coughing it was so intense and it would like I could smell it coming from the line and when they were right there in front of me it was just so much like aroma coming off and I mean, that's not just, like, somebody's natural body scent or, like, some cigarettes left on, like, a kid's clothes going to school. Like, it was, it it can get intense, but there's, like, what judgment is there? Like, I mean, that person's probably just not coming from a good place or mentally maybe needs help. Whenever that happens, I don't actually judge somebody, like, their character for that. If anything, I'm, I'm just like, dang, you know, I can't help that my nose doesn't like that smell, but there's nothing wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's sad because, like, you know, it's like, if you just stop to think, like, even me as a cashier at the time, I could stop to add up all those things. Like, okay, he probably doesn't bathe. He's probably homeless. He's got, like, you know, a lot of layers on. He probably spends a lot of time outside and not really, like, have a chance to shower that, like, you know, aroma, that filth off. And it just does make me sad that for Mr. Kim to just, like, not even, like, question, like, I just don't like a smell. Like, Yeah. You know, he's good he's good at his work, but you know, that smell crosses the line. I don't th- I don't know if I could, you know like you're gonna fire potentially fire somebody just because like you can't even have empathy for their situation. Cause the thing is is like I do know that they claim to work for a prestigious company, but like he drove perfectly fine. Good enough for your standards. What's it matter if he works for a prestigious company or you think like he smells like he comes from a poor area? Hey, yeah, that's crazy. Also like um i liked how i don't like when they actually kill characters off because it's sad but like for the plot i do and i really felt like killing the daughter was like necessary you know um tell me why i think it was necessary because first of all they ruin people's lives like they ruin the driver's life the housekeeper's life technically the housekeeper's husband's life you know so when he showed up out of that basement ready to kill he just watched his own wife die because of their selfishness that it made sense in the plot wise that they would get their karma back and one of them would severely end up paying for it do you know what i'm saying i also would like to point out now that you're bringing up that karma some i would feel like out of all of them the daughter was the least involved and so it was the like when it came to the nanny the nanny really did nothing wrong out of the driver like she did well the driver didn't do anything wrong either but like she was like showing up. She did her job. She had no reason to be fired. And she got killed, bro. Yeah. And then that night they scattered like cockroaches. The daughter, like, besides helping them wrestle for the phone and shit, she didn't really do anything. She didn't push the nanny down the stairs. She didn't, you know, she didn't really do anything out of out of all of them. If anything, she wanted to make peace. 
The mom pushed the nanny down the stairs. The son went downstairs with a rock. Mr. Kim was willing to let them die. The daughter was the only one who really, like, didn't do anything to them. So to have, like, that rock kind of project that energy onto the family and pick the one that had the least to do with it, it makes you feel bad because you're like, oh, my God, she wanted to, like, make peace. Like, why her? But, like, that's karma. Yeah, also... I was really turned off by the scene when they were in the living room and they were talking about, we should own this house. Like, you'll be the, this will be your sister-in-law's house. And then they turned to the daughter and they're like, this could be your house because we know that he doesn't love his wife. I was like, damn. Like, first of all, y'all are going to push your daughter into a relationship with this man just to have his money. And you're going to kick out the woman who's been hiring you this entire time. I was like, damn, guys, that's whack. I thought the uh, the mom, when it came to niceness, was the nicest character. Like, I I didn't even see mom, her. The rich, the rich mom. mom. Yeah, I didn't see. Mom she was, was not. Like for example, like she was very trusting, which is a good quality. Obviously, they took advantage of that. But she was like, "Oh my god, you know someone? Yeah, I'd love to meet them for sure." You know. Yeah. Um. She was worried about her son's health and safety, which, like, when you bring up the fact that Jennifer did that, I'm like, you're right. Jennifer did cross that line, like, you know, taking that money for this woman thinking that it would help her son. Kenzie, I was talking to her earlier. <clears throat> she brought up a good point because I would say that, like, in the, the sense of this entire film, that the kid, obviously, he has the innocence of a child. Like, he is just a kid. But in the sense of the family and the plot, she was bringing up the dynamic that they were so strict on the daughter and so hard on her and that they let this kid go buck wild and do whatever he wanted um without like uh what's it called any consequences and the daughter early in the movie brings up how like he's faking it like she's like he doesn't need mental help like he's fine like if you know they actually just disciplined him too you know he would be fine yeah so i was mentioning that there was very blatant misogyny going on because the right before they went camping the father was enjoying watching his son irritate his daughter and when you look at the way that he treats his wife where he's like yeah i love her we can call that love he clearly doesn't respect his wife and or her happiness by the way she was sleeping and looked drunk as fuck at the beginning of the movie when kevin meets her outside remember the, yeah, the how that's like, like she looked fucking oh, depressed. Yeah. she clearly isn't happy in her life so then for the father to treat his daughter like that I got bad vibes right from the beginning. I said, you don't respect women. You see them as placeholders. You see them as objects. To that was have a good children. detail you picked up. I didn't there, even think there was of like that. A couple of, there was a couple of scenes where the mom was like clearly intoxicated and asleep. She, like she wasn't okay. Oh, she's not and remember when, well. when they were doing some diddly stuff on the couch and she said, buy me drugs. Yes. Yeah. Well, also, and he's like, put those girls' panties on. It'll make me super hard. Why? Is it because you're fucking other women like that when you're not at home? Yeah. Like, after watching Handmaid's Tale, dude, like, I was just kind of, like, seeing, you know, left and right, like, behavior that he's not faithful to her. Yeah. What he finds attractive. And then what he even values in women. And you're seeing him treat his daughter the same way. So I hated that bitch. And I felt so bad for the mother. Even if she was a little trusting, a little naive, she clearly wasn't happy in her own life. You know? Yeah, it was very clear that they were not happy. They were not in a good, happy relationship and on both ends of the spectrum. And, and the son was a product of literally being given anything the fuck he wanted and he's yep. a psycho, crazy little kid. You know? Yeah. No discipline. Nothing. I mean, yeah. even just seeing the daughter, like I said, like she was clearly rebelling when she was like, I'm going to make out with my tutor. And like... 
do this and this because nobody was acknowledging her. Nobody well, was giving her attention. <clears throat> Did you guys know that in big CEO companies in Korea, like IRL, when like CEOs of companies have daughters that they just like in old times, they're used as like almost like a marriage devices, like let's partner with this company and they get literally married off to other CEOs, like just like just like kings and queens marrying princesses off to princes. It was not and there's like one story I heard of this girl who just married her bodyguard because they were in love. It didn't work out, by the way. So like he was ended up being abusive. But her story was really interesting because she came out of that system because by the time she had divorced her abusive husband, because she didn't marry somebody with like a ton of money or with a big name, she was her own like really big name boss and didn't have to give away her power to another man. Damn. Because she chose to marry a bodyguard instead, which was not normal when you are the daughter of a CEO. I forget her name and I probably should reference her. Yeah, I had beef with the family for sure. I thought the daughter was a, a cool girl. I felt bad because she clearly looked like super neglected, depressed, um, you know, treated like Yeah, shit. the daughter didn't. She's like, you didn't even offer me the food before you ate it all. Yeah. So like that's also showing just like how negligent the mother is. I mean, I mean, I feel bad for the mother because she's in a marriage she doesn't want to be in, but she's not being able to show up as a mother, you know, so. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, but um, I I liked seeing how both families were honestly really fucked up. You well, that's again just showing this whole metaphoric of like the parasite. Like it wasn't just like a normal person, just like yeah, they they like fed off the rich. But like, there's so many symbol symbolic examples of people being parasites in their own being. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. obviously we hate the rich, eat the rich type deal, but like. <laughs> yeah. Even in that situation, they're still showing that trickle down of it all, just having levels and levels and levels of it. Yeah. Also, yeah. I wanted to bring up, like, okay, um, they had that final conversation, which I'm so bad when it gets right to a climax, and so they're about to foreshadow some shit. But uh, they were in the bushes, the father, two fathers, and he asks again, like, do you love your life? And he's like, you know, basically in a very disrespectful way, he's like, focus this is your job let's have fun with my son like it was like a very intense and i was like i didn't know if there's anything else i was supposed to take away from that moment um i think in general like the one i would look at kim mr kim's relationship to the rich dad it was very much like i'm only respecting you because i need something from you and when he would disrespect him i took it as a power play i took it as like i know who you are and what how you treat your wife you know like you should respect me in a sense if that makes sense like i uh, yeah that's actually a good point it, it took it like like he'd ask the question putting him on the the spot like that like do you love your wife and the rich dad would get so flustered like he'd get so upset because he didn't know what to say and i think mr kim was trying to have some sort of power dynamic with him i don't know how it would eventually benefit him but just something to like you know, be like, just because I'm poor doesn't mean you can boss me around, but sure, I'll listen to you, but I fucking hate you. It was like the mm-hmm. most subliminal way of saying, like, <clears throat> fuck you, fine, I'll do it, you know? So, yeah. Boss, like, you know, you should still respect me even though I'm below you. Yeah, I think well, it was I also like him that, trying that... to be like, treat me better, you know, you should be treating me like a person. Yeah. Yeah. 
I really like that that scene happened right before the snap because, like, it puts already this, like, you know, like you said, this, you already don't respect me and I am just a tool to you. Like, a commodity that you're paying for you don't really respect me in any sense when you don't even love your wife and like what why are you so big-headed about it and then when the sun i understand that if you go into shock it can be life-threatening but i will say the sun also he fainted the other girl got stabbed in the fucking chest and i think that when the father was like yelling at mr kim like hand me the keys hand me the keys like this demanding like we need to get my son to the hospital, not knowing that that was his daughter laying down. Because I told you, Kim, he was like, Mr. Kim, we need to go. You need to drive me. That was the yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he's like, hand me one of the keys. We can do both. Like, both are solutions because they had multiple cars. He was just like, you need to go. We, as a unit, Mr. Kim, you need to drive me to the hospital right now. That was my problem to begin with. He never once differentiated between the- And he never yelled, like, we need to call for an ambulance for this fucking girl. Yeah. They never. Mm-hmm. They literally didn't even look over at the nope. at the daughter being stabbed. You know, she was still alive. He cared about them. He was just like, "We need to go right now. Come on, Mr. Kim. My son could die." Meanwhile, this girl's literally stabbed in the chest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that that snapping point, like just this disrespect that, like, I am just a tool to you. You're not even looking at this woman on the ground. You are that selfish. Uh, that high horse narcissistic about being so rich that the poor aren't even like valuable to you like like in the sense that like you don't even value their life you're now, not even is, looking at this girl bleeding out yeah yeah and the thing is is like the thing is is like in emergency situations you never can truly plan the 100 but the difference between like say some sort of shooting where it's kind of a free-for-all we all got to get out and you can't really stop for a stranger that you know you know there's difference between that and the killer was apprehended like uh, the father had the power in his hands to do more like you said even if it's calling the ambulance like hey i'm calling the ambulance we need to like get these people in a car i just don't know how you would walk out of a yard when there's a woman bleeding to death and not think to call someone yeah or there's so many other rich people too that could have just like he could have been like guys let's get her in a car who's driving like there could have been more done yeah the daughter even like that goes to show that the daughter like she stopped to go get somebody like his head was busted in even he looked dead to me okay i'm sorry like he was dead and and instead of her running away because there's a killer around the house she even stopped to think like let me help this person because she's a good person she might be a little crazy like for boys boy crazy but like yeah yeah, she straight up um, picked that boy up and carried him, dog. I, I was like, I don't ship them at all, not at all, but I was like, damn, girl, I mean, you were down for your man. Like, you were like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you. Like, mm-hmm. so I knew he went to the basement right away. And then, like, they, they reveal, like, the whole, he wakes up from a coma. They were, you know, arrested and put on trial, uh, let go on parole. And they're like, where did the dad go? Like, when did it click for you guys that he was in the basement? Um, Honestly, I think I was so shocked by the fact that they were even let go on parole. I Like, my brain was somewhere else that I wasn't even thinking about where Mr. Kim was. I was like, wonder if he's okay. Why is he not talking to his wife? Blah, 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 blah. Completely forgot about the bunker. Because I was like, I think because of how atrocious the event was, it, like, didn't cross my mind to stay on the scene. Because I didn't even think about the benefit of being in the bunker, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. And he's right also, there. Like, his he's dead body would still be in there, by the way. I mean, that's what I was thinking. I was like, he's down there with that dead body. That's fucking disgusting. Yeah. You know what's crazy, too, is that, like, they keep referring to roaches in the movie and stuff. And, like, roaches don't die over nothing. So, like, the fact that these people are, like, able to survive no matter what. Like, he's sitting in this basement with a literal decaying body if he hasn't gotten it out by now. Well, no, no. Oh, he, he said he, he buried her. Yeah. Yeah, but he waited for them to move out. Imagine, like, I mean, they probably didn't wait long. Imagine your husband just got fucking murdered. You probably collected some sort of life insurance policy. You probably have a different budget now. (laughs) Um, You're a single mom of two children now. You can't probably afford a nanny. It's probably time to move and budget the rest of that money out. So they she probably, like, packed up within, like, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Still, like, the fact that he's living in that close corners with a dead body is so bad for his body. Like, no, when yeah, a body and- produces a gas, you're not supposed to breathe in. Mm-hmm. The whole situation's fucked up, but yes, no, I did not think he was in the bunker until he was. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh clearly, if I had killed somebody and I knew I was going to get arrested for it, if I didn't want to be arrested, that would be a great backup plan. Yeah. No, really um, talked about what? when they showed the whole flash forward. No, I was going to get to that. Wow. I was like, what a great ending of the story. And then they showed what actually happened. I was like, that was not necessary. Well, you know why I, looking back and reflecting upon it a few more days, like, I was like, oh my god, like, that could be a sweet ending, a happy ending. And then he was like, yeah, one day I'll buy that house. One day I'll get richer by that house. I felt like the end of the movie, actually, I wouldn't necessarily say felt like an empty promise. It more so felt like a promise with much more stakes like hey dude you want to know the real reality you could buy the house but it's going to take a lot of work and it was almost I think like, I was looking when thinking they of his character down, when he prom- yeah when they panned down to his face and like the seriousness that he was back to where he started but now without his father I think it was focusing more on like these are the consequences of your actions your sister's dead your father's stuck in a bunker your mother's distraught, and now you literally have to not just go to school and do it like beforehand, had you had your family support, like their love. Now you're having to do a lot of it emotionally by yourself. And do I, I like the open ending. Do you know if he's going to succeed? Not necessarily. You don't know if he will or if he will not. But I think it was focusing on like just like the, the focus of now these are your consequences and you have a left right or you have a left or right decision to make which one are you going to make because that's what i think i meant when i was saying the word promise i didn't mean like poor people i mean i meant that the world is kind of stacked against poor people already and even when he was given a good opportunity he didn't hold that promise that he made to his like family i think i was mixing some of the words i did not mean to say that but um yeah he didn't keep that promise about like utilizing this opportunity and they got too greedy and what i mean by the likelihood of it you're right the now the odds are even more stacked against him that like for me i saw how quickly he switched up from the first opportunity now there were some detrimental permanent changes like his sister is dead so i don't know how that changed him as a person and i know he cleansed but like I just I don't trust his character with as quickly as he just gave up on certain things to be oh, able I don't to trust him either. afford that house one day. Also, as just like probably what is he now like? Uh, I don't know if he's like a 
what kind of things criminals can't like if they can't get certain jobs or if they you know like certain background checks now like your life just got a million times harder so i think that your likelihood of keeping that promise to your dad is just stacked way against you yeah yeah like emotionally when it ended when that scene had ended and then when i got the truth of how it ended i was like dang like my emotions like i i thought that i would feel some different way but i still feel the same like heavy emotions seeing them succeed versus seeing that he hasn't yet yeah Yeah, i felt the same way like i'm not saying i didn't like let's say this was a real story i obviously would want him to see his father one day but after seeing the way that he handled a small opportunity that was going to be really good for him financially i was like you know i still get bad vibes from you and i feel like this was more so karma i don't know what you did in your past lives to have this happen but like you clearly have some energy to clean up so like yeah you got the brothers going to that house now that someone else owns it and sneaking in to see his dad now that he knows he's there i think so i would do it um the thing is is i'm sure there's probably some sort of i don't know for example one that's a stranger you know and there could even be like some sort of like uh what's it called restraining order or like you can't go near that house again yeah but it's just a house it's not like the people live there anymore. what if it brings suspicion like hey uh i'm calling the police that guy from several years ago from this whole murder like scene that happened was here and you know we still can't find his father let's do an investigation they find the bunker yeah, I think there's so many variables. There's so many variables because there's like I'm sure there's new cameras. I'm like I don't know anything about rest- a restraining order, so like I'm a pause on that combo. But like there's cameras. It's a whole new family. You don't know like their schedule. I mean, the dad did say that the um, father and mother are never really there, and the, the the kids are like at some sort of schools. But even then, like how comfortable does the father feel leaving the bunker at night? Like, would the father feel that comfortable to slip out of the house, or would he feel like he'd uh, maybe not be able to make it back in to get back into the bunker? Because if he doesn't get back in time, I'm risking my life. Yeah, because like if he doesn't get back into the bunker in time, people can find him and he's being sent straight to jail. You know, so I don't know how he'd even feel leaving the house. And then if that's the case, if he will never leave the house, how can the son? like break into the house without access of the father like opening up the door or like turning off the cameras like there's so many variables you know how long after you think that you're like you're you're wanted for murder how long like 20 30 years in the future do you just make you just come out oh for me i would just come out you think i'm gonna sit in a basement talking to nobody forever like <laughs> like realistically, because this happens all the time. Even like now, there's people who are wanted for murder, and after so many years, the police just quote unquote give up. No, I don't think they'd. I think if they ever found this man, like they would hold him accountable for his yeah, charges. Even, no, like after like thirty years, no one's thinking about him, right? Okay, yeah, here's but what I'm, I'm saying. saying from his perspective, I would never make myself sit in that basement for thirty years. I'd rather be thirty years in prison with some people than you sit know. In I was basement. thinking, unless Korea has some sort of capital punishment. Why not just go to prison when basically that bunker is a prison? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Like but you could at least call your could wife. Be, Shit. There could be capital punishment, though. So that could mean that, like, if he turns himself in, yeah. a lot of people, no, 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 a lot of capital punishment kind of will turn up a little bit like, oh, you killed a preschool of children like you're going to get sentenced to death. Like you took lives. So don't you don't you, you don't mind if we take your life kind of thing. Like That's what I just said, though. Death. Okay, but I'm saying 
unless you're ready to just kill yourself or see what happens when you turn yourself in, like, I would stay in the basement if I was afraid I was going to die, if I was afraid of that happening. Let's yeah, see. they have capital punishment. It says anyone, if you take someone else's life, you're punished by death or imprisonment for life. Yeah, so it Whoa, could happen. I was just about to look it up. So, like, but that's still my thing. Like, there has to be, like, I don't want to say, like, a for sure timeline, but a timeline where, like, after so many years... I'm not saying he won't be arrested, but he already doesn't have people looking for him, people like a job, right? He's already like a poor guy. So like after 20 years, do you just like come out and you just live at your wife's house because they're not investigating your wife's house anymore? Like the kids said that the cops stopped investigating <gasps> him. They stopped following him. They stopped like investigating on the mom and the son, right? So after like 20 years, does the dad just come out and never leave his house? You know? Guys, I just looked up capital punishment. Because, okay, so first I said Korea homicide punishment. It says, in Korea, murder is not categorized into first-degree murder and second-degree murder. According to the penal code, the sentencing range for murder is capital punishment or life imprisonment and not less than five years of imprisonment. So then I said, okay, well, then what's capital imprisonment? Uh, I mean, capital punishment. They said, um, refers to execution by beheading, but executions are carried out by many methods, including hanging, shooting, lethal injection, stoning, electrocution, and gassing. Yeah. Well... You know, Kenzie, when you Google just the word capital punishment, like all it simply means is taking someone's life by punishment. And that's probably just telling you, you didn't know, it's telling you the history of it. Like, you know, uh, they saying, like, yeah, I'm they saying, beheaded like, uh, Marie Antoinette, you know, I know we used to do saying, hangings like, here. Christ. That's literally what death row is. I know, but I'm saying I've never heard of the word capital punishment, so I was like, okay, so what the fuck does that entail? Yeah. I I said, what happens if you commit homicide in Korea? (laughs) And they said, jail time or capital punishment? And I was like, okay, well, what is capital punishment? And it said, literally death. Literally death, yeah. Sorry, I didn't know you didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would have explained it. After like (laughs) 10, 20 years, because the cops stopped investigating the son and the mom, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I. Able to. Oh, no, I was saying uh, you had said like 20 years would he be able to go live in a house and just never come out? Yeah. I was actually going to say I agree. If the son maybe figured out, like, Dad, I found a really secluded, like, house to live in. Like, I got acres of land. It has its own bunker. If you ever need to just go downstairs and hide, I got cameras on the outside. If cops just pull up, you can live in this house. You can, like, go see the sun. I'm not even saying to that extreme. If Kinsey murders someone and she's hiding for the next 30 years and I'm just living in a town that's not this town where the murder happened, like, I'm in states away, living my life normally, and I'm like, Kinsey, I think you could just come and live in my house as long as you don't fucking leave or you change your identity or something. That's something people do. Well, yeah. it is something people do. It's something people get away with, but not everybody gets away with it because there's there's sometimes Mariah, uh murder cases that get solved yeah. decades later. There was one I saw because uh, I had my little uh, crochet and true crime phase. There was this one where it was this man that killed families in the most sadistic way. Like, and he was a serial killer. He would kill. He killed multiple different families. Yeah, and he'd leave like he left clues because they were fun. But because it was like, I want to say, what was it? It was like the 70s or maybe even earlier. They just didn't have the technology. Um, But they did have, they had DNA on file. And they're like, the man who killed this, we have his DNA. You know how they found him? His daughter was going to college and did a volunteer blood test thing. um, Just because, like, I think she donated blood or something like that. And it was her father. And they, they, because they plugged her blood into the database and said that her paternal figure, uh, was the murderer. 
Wait, no, but yeah, that's like a very common thing, especially murders from like the seventies when we didn't have the signs. They do that all the time. But I was just saying in like this metaphorical, like, do you think the dad eventually comes out? Yeah, in hiding, like I could see what you're saying. It could work, but maybe it just it's depends on. Take. If I murdered someone and I was living in a bunker for twenty years, and Kinsey was like, "I got a home that you could live in that's pretty," I would too. Day, I'd come out. I would too. I, I it's would just, you gotta play your cards. Years. Right. I'd wait ten years. At 110 years, and I'm 100 years old, and they finally arrest me. I'll take it. Like shit. My you know, I think how I would want to go about it is like. It's got to be just the right setup that's, like, secluded enough, but not too secluded, because, like, if the cops just pulled up to me, like, in the middle of the woods, where am I going to go then? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's got to be, there's got to be some escape routes to it. It's got to be good. I feel afraid that we are speaking in terms of us running away from the government right now. Like, my heart's racing and stuff. Like, I I can't think about this. (laughs) The government will collapse in a lifetime. Yep. Yeah, yeah, good movie, good movie. I really liked it. Didn't feel like two hours. Um, it actually went by really quickly, and you know, I thought it talked about some really good things. Did you like this better than Squid Games or Squid Games better? I like Squid Games better. I think so too. I, I think Squid Games better, but Parasite had a lot of really good metaphors in it. Yeah, yeah. I liked the metaphors in Parasite. I still liked the acting in Parasite. Um, but in Squid Games, they had the cinematography, they had the acting. I felt like. I felt like I saw some character arc redemption arcs in mm-hmm. Squid Games, especially with the well, main character. The better way of telling the story for the the, the not as smart people. Yeah, I felt like I felt like Squid Games showed a level like they were showing poverty, but they were showing people who like are still righteous or like you know they like you know wouldn't kill somebody for example, aka our main character. Um, and then they were showing people in Squid Games that. Once they were given amount of money, they stopped valuing life. And I liked how there was a spectrum of that. Like Ali. Ali was an amazing person. He wasn't going to just kill somebody willy-nilly. But in this movie, they really only focused on like how intense like they they got when they got greedy with money, you know? Well, thank you guys for watching this with me. I really enjoyed I'm happy that you guys enjoyed it. Um... It was. I remember when I watched it, I was like, "Wow, this was a like a nice experience." And I didn't, I didn't want it to be too scary or weird or spooky. And I'm glad that you guys like again just enjoyed the experience for what it was. Like, it's not like there's crazy likable characters in it, but like it was still just a really well made movie. Oh, I wanted to just mention some of the cinematography moments. I didn't mention them yet, but like there were moments where like when they would descend into the basement and it was like fully dark or just like these really open shots of like the yard with the window and it's raining and there's this teepee. There was just like, I don't know. It made me feel something like it felt very intentional and artistry. Like it was, it was some good shit. It was. Yeah. I think the cinematography was really good. I think they did a really good job of showing the way the movie played and the way they would cut certain things um and they did really good with like the lightings and stuff the effects that they did with all of that combined mm-hmm. like the fucking man coming up from the basement when the little boy was eating cake out of the fridge and it, you just see those white eyes i had i couldn't sleep very well that night i know i was like oh my fucking god that was intense also i can name at least two mo- uh two more movies about uh men who live inside the walls so I've you could make a collection of movies about men that live inside the walls and you don't know about it. 
Yeah, well, I enjoyed the movie, Cam. Thanks for showing it to us. Of course. Um, Kenzie, it's your turn this next week. What did you want to watch? I'm being joking. I'm sarcastic. I know it was not. Oh, damn, dude. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't fucking think about it. Uh, it's not your turn. I was being a prankster. Well, it is Kenzie's turn. No, we just did Sugar Apple Fairy Plum Booty mm, Princess. No, we did Blue Period, and then we did Parasite, and now it's Kenzie's yep. turn. Oh my god. Sugar apple I also would like to try to record it again like by like this time next week so that we could be um, back on our regular schedule of like recording and then editing and recording and editing. Got it, boss. Wait, so you want to so, record on Sunday? I would like to record before, like by Sunday next week. That way I can like, because right now I have to edit it literally tomorrow. So when, we're, when, we, when we run late, it just causes me to have to do it all in one day. So I'd like to be like, you know, we're uploading this Tuesday. So within the next week, from Tuesday to Tuesday, we record and then we upload and then we record. So we're not recording two days before we upload. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's going to get crazy. Well, I'll figure out something. Like, uh, wait, wait. Well, we got to announce to the listeners what yeah. we're watching next week. What? Or Yeah, it's your yeah. turn. Like they have to know. We always do. <laughs> so that they can watch it too. That's, that's the style. Go look at your list. Where's your list? Bro, I think I'm all out, bro. Yeah, her list has a lot of longer stuff, and I, I'm trying to make it something that we're... You know what? We were, I was talking to Kaylin. Kaylin's never seen Mean Girls. Well, we were just talking about that. We should watch Mean Girls. Okay, I'll watch Mean Girls. I'll make Colin watch it with me. I'll go by to the exchange, because I was telling Colin a year ago, how come I've never seen Mean Girls? You know, he's like, we can watch it one day. Dang. Well, I'm excited. Me too. Bye. Well. Bye. 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 And then you guys stick. Don't.